You're listening to the Mount Pleasant Podcast. To learn more about our church, visit us online at www.mpbc.church. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the world should be registered. That means taxed. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. This is not how I thought it was going to be, God. Look, I don't want Mary to hear this, God, but I'm overwhelmed. The baby is on its way, and I'm not ready. Is this really how you saw our lives starting together? Look, I know that I'm... I'm of the line of David, but seriously, this, what business do I have of raising a a king? Lord, you know me as a, a humble man, not an irresponsible one, but look where I've landed us, in a barn. talk about dreams much. I'm not a poet. And what good are dreams anyway if they're just going to end up disappointing us? I guess that's my dad talking. Mary told me that you had other plans for us. I didn't believe her. I thought the worst And I tried every way I could to get out of it. And then you showed up in a dream. Maybe that's the only time you could get me to listen to you long enough, as if I was dead asleep. (laughs) I know, I know I'm not the only man that's had their plans rearranged by you, and I certainly won't be the last. But I gotta tell you, it seems like this one is set with thorns, but also like it could be world changing. I just don't feel like I'm the world changing kind of father, you know? What I'm trying to say is, you've got the wrong guy. I know who I am, 
I'm not enough. But I guess if if you see something inside of this this old sawdust covered heart of mine, then I'm, I'm willing to make a detour. A really big detour. What I'm trying to say is Even on the days that I feel like I'm not enough, I'll give you everything I have. Imagine Joseph looking around and seeing his son, Jesus. Seeing, oh, not only his son, the Son of God. And don't you know, he had to think, can I do this? Can, can I raise the Son of God? You know he had to ask the question, am I enough? Maybe that's you this morning. In your circumstance sitting here, maybe those watching, and you go, I don't know if I can do this. This is, this is more than I bargained for. I don't know that I'm enough. We all doubt. I do too. We all ask, am I enough? I remember when Katie, our firstborn, <laughs> we got her home and we put her, I put her down in a little bassinet in our living room. And I looked down at her and I thought, dear Lord, this is not something that you buy from Walmart. You can't take this back. I don't know how to raise a kid. I mean, I'd held a few in my day, but most of the time they didn't want some 21-year-old holding a kid. Afraid you'd drop her. And now this is my child. Am I enough? Moms ask that question, am I enough? Am I capable of being the mom that the child needs to be? We all ask questions. Maybe there's a student today sitting here, and you ask, am I enough to pass this class? Am I enough to make this team? Someone may be struggling in a marriage today, and you ask, am I enough to make this relationship work? Maybe you're here today and it's some sort of personality quirk. The psychological community calls them irrational anxieties. Well, let me tell you something. It's not irrational if it's happening to you. Do you have fears that someone may look at you and go, that's ridiculous? Sure you do. We all do. We have things in our lives that we, that we are afraid of, that we look at, and we go, I don't know if I can do this. Am I enough? Turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1. Joseph had to feel that way. Joseph, a common man. Even today, he's barely even that. You see, I tried to Google... Joseph in the Bible. I googled those words. Joseph in the Bible. Do you know who popped up? 
Not Joseph, the earthly father of the Son of God, no. Joseph, you know, the coat of many colors Joseph, the guy back in the Old Testament Joseph, the son of Jacob Joseph, the one that was sold out by his brothers, you know, the one that went to Egypt and rose to be second in command to the Pharaoh, that Joseph. This Joseph, you can't even Google him. He's so common. In fact, I had a hard time even trying to find a picture to show you of what he might have looked like. I finally found this one. I love the smile. This is the actor who played Jesus in the movie The Nativity. I think they did a pretty good job casting him. Just a common-looking Jewish man, a carpenter, a tekton, T-E-K-T-O-N. In the Greek, it means a craftsman, a worker of wood. can also mean, get this, a worker of metal or stone, and a tekton can also stand for a common laborer. In fact, some scholars say that it's, it's, it's not too long of a stretch to say that Jesus could have been little more than a guy who mixed the mud of a stonemason. And that's why I like this picture. He's got a trowel in his hand. He, he's, he, he's, he, it looks like he's laying stone, doesn't it? He's just a common laborer, perhaps. But I'll tell you this, here's what we do know. He's poor. So how do you know that? Well, remember from Wednesday night when we talked about Mary, they would end up after Jesus was born being a good Jewish family. After eight days, you had to go to the temple and you had to have your boy circumcised. And they brought a gift. The gift of a poor family. Two doves. That's what poor people gave. Joseph. Just your average Joe. So average, you can't even Google him. And I guess that's why Joseph would ask, am I enough? Me? We don't know a lot about Joseph. Writers of antiquity of the first century, they don't say much about a person's early life. That's even true of Jesus. You know, after Jesus was age 12, we don't know anything about him until he reached the age of 30. 18 years of silence. He just went home with his mom and dad and was submissive to them and grew in wisdom and stature in the Lord. That's all we have. And for Joseph, we have even less. Writers of antiquity only talked about the really important stuff, not the mundane. And that's all Joseph is. Common. Just like most of us. So we don't know a whole lot about Joseph until we pick up with him in Scripture. Right here in the first gospel, the gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, you've made your way there. Look at verse 18. The Bible says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, notice this, before they came together, you understand that, adults, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Verse 21, she will bear a son, 
and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Can we stop there for a moment? Will you look at me? He will save from sin. Listen, you're a sinner. So am I. We were all born sinners. And that's a problem. Because we can't get to God who is holy in our sin. So Jesus had to come and you've got to know him in order to be saved. He came to save us from our sins. Are you saved? Have you surrendered your life to Jesus? That's why he came. Watch it. Verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Which prophet? Isaiah. What you see quoted next is Isaiah 7, 14. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. What does that mean? Well, this right there in parentheses. It means God with us. Verse 24, when Joseph woke from sleep, he did. He did. He did as the Lord the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Joseph, a common behind-the-scenes kind of guy. He had never been in the spotlight in his entire life, and the truth is, he never would be. Remember, you can't even Google him. But Matthew described him as a just man. What does that mean? It means righteous, virtuous, good, and humble. A man who lived life, a life that was not about him. You know, I don't believe Joseph ever expected anything but a common life. Just a normal Galilean life. He would work hard as a carpenter, a tecton. He would marry the young Nazarene teenager. Oh, yes, she was a teenager, Mary. He was a young man himself, upper teens, maybe early 20s at best. And they would settle down and have a family. Or so they thought. And then that detour. Until that fateful day when Mary came to Joseph and said, I need to talk to you. How did that look? Was it under a tree? Was it off to the side somewhere? Try to imagine the conversation. Can you imagine the shock of hearing that Mary is pregnant? Joseph must have thought, what? You're pregnant? It's not me! You see, as we learned Wednesday night, Joseph and Mary were betrothed to one another, and that betrothal was very, very serious. Much like a marriage... Usually a betrothal would last about a year, which would give the young man the time to build a home so that they could start their lives together. You know, that reminds me of Jesus. See, Jesus has gone away to build for us a home. I go away and prepare a place for you. For who? For us, the church, the bride of Christ. And he said, and I'm coming again, and I'm going to take you to where I am so that where I am there you may be also. See, we're in a state of betrothal right now with the Lord Jesus, and a wedding's coming. We don't know how long they had been betrothed when Mary came to Joseph and said, Joseph, I'm pregnant by way of the Holy Spirit. Now, for Joseph... 
perhaps all he heard was, I'm pregnant. And that, my friends, that is grounds for divorce. That is also grounds for something else. In the state of betrothal, according to the Mosaic law, if the lady was found to be pregnant, what could happen to her by way of the man? Stone her to death. This is so embarrassing. Joseph, a just man. He must have been in unbelievable gut-wrenching turmoil to have heard, I'm pregnant, Joseph. This was a personal insult to Joseph. This means scandal. How's he going to find work? As soon as Mary started showing, you know everyone started talking. She goes to the local well, pulls up water, and they're talking. Public embarrassment, not only for Joseph and Mary, but also to both sets of parents who would have been involved in the betrothal to begin with. This is a no-win situation for Joseph. He cannot win. He's stuck between the proverbial rock and a hard place. You see, if he stays with Mary, everyone will think it was him, and that would mean he's impure. But if he walks away, everyone will think it was her, and she's been unfaithful. So which one would he choose? Pick your poison, Joseph! What did he choose? That's verse 19, see it? And her husband Joseph, being a just man, catch it now, and unwilling to put her to shame, what love, resolved to divorce her quietly. Talk about a good man. He loved her so much that he refused to put her to public shame. Not only would he not have her stoned to death, he would not go through the ritual of, of doing it publicly. It would be a quiet thing. He would have to get a certificate of divorce, though, because you had to do that in that day because a betrothal was much more binding than our little flimsy engagements today. A betrothal back in that day meant that, in essence, you were married except for two things. Number one, you didn't live together. And number two, you didn't have sexual relations until you were married. And folks, that's still God's design, no matter the culture. But before Joseph could get this certificate of divorce, something happened. He, like Mary, was visited by an angel, Gabriel. Look at verse 20. But as he, as he considered these things, and oh, he was, that's an understatement, as he was racking his brain, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. Go ahead and marry her, Joseph, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And so now the question is just like the question was for Mary. We saw this Wednesday night. Will Joseph say yes? to what the Lord is asking him. Will he believe? Mary had to believe. Now will he believe? Will he believe that which is crazy? Mary said, I'm pregnant, but it's by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Verse 24, what did he do? 
When Joseph woke from the sleep, he did. He did. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took her as his wife. We see it again there, church. Joseph is the real deal. <laughs> he was willing to do what the Lord said. Joseph said yes, the same thing Mary said. They surrendered to God's will and his purposes. We saw this Wednesday night. Saying yes to God is surrendering to his will, even when it looks crazy to everybody else. Joseph believed in God, and he responded by obeying. In church, that's what belief looks like. It's when you believe and you act on that belief. See, there's a lot of people that say they're Christians, and they talk a good talk, but they don't act like it. You understand? That might be you today. You say you're a Christian, but you're not acting like it. Jesus is holy, and we're supposed to be following him. And he doesn't walk through the mud and the muck of life. He says, come follow me. And he's holy. True belief is acting on that belief even if it costs us. Oh, it costs Joseph and Mary big time. Everybody would look at them. Scandalous. Oh. Are you living like a Christian today? Do your actions match what you say you believe? I ask myself that. In my house, when nobody else is watching. Joseph asked, am I enough? Of course the answer is no. Of course Joseph isn't enough. And neither are you. And neither am I. But with God, you put God in the equation. Now we're enough. We're enough with God. You and God are a majority. Listen, when we obey the Lord, we're more than enough. Joseph did, Joseph did, Joseph did what the angel of the Lord commanded him to do. Are you obeying the Lord no matter the circumstances, no matter the situation? Even though it may look like a loss to the world, we win when we obey. You say, wait a minute. Joseph and Mary are going to have to deal with public shame and ridicule. You call that a win? <laughs> well, not according to the world. You see, the majority of things we do in this life in our obedience to the Lord looks like a loss to the world. The world looks at us and says, you're crazy. Thank you. I must be doing something right. When will we realize, church, we can't look to the approval or disapproval of the world in how we live our lives? It doesn't matter what the world says. It matters what God says. It matters what He thinks. We serve an audience of one person, the Lord Jesus. Remember that when you're trying to decide what to do. We are enough because God says we're enough. 
and we choose to obey. Joseph did what he was told to do by the Lord. But it doesn't mean that things will be easy now, will it? Joseph obeyed. He took Mary as his wife, but then things got harder. Come on! Mary obeyed, Joseph obeyed, and it just gets harder. Yeah, it did. Life happens, doesn't it? What happened? Census. More taxes. When the Romans counted you, they wanted more money. So being a good citizen that Joseph was, he obeyed Rome and he packed up and he and Mary, they're married now, off they go to Bethlehem, the home place of his ancestors. Can you see a pattern here, church? Joseph is always obeying. He's always obeying God. He's going to be traveling with his bride down to Bethlehem. Joseph is a just man. He's always doing the right thing. Just a common guy. You can't even Google him, but he's a good guy because he does the right thing every time. Every encounter we see of Joseph in Scripture, he just does the right thing. You know, perhaps it was a relief for Joseph and Mary to leave Nazareth. It would have been for me. Get out of town and all that gossip. It's a scandal anyway. Look at those two. You know what they've been doing. They made that 90-mile journey south to Bethlehem. Why? Because Joseph traces back his ancestral heritage to Bethlehem. And that's where the Romans said you had to go. That's where the records were kept. See, a thousand years had passed since King David had been alive, but God had promised King David that the Messiah, his son, would be born of his royal line. And therefore, Jesus was a legal descendant of King David, which translated all the way down to Joseph. And by the way, Mary. Mary could also trace her lineage back to King David. So he's got it on both sides, Jesus does. And so off they go. What a logistical nightmare trying to make that journey to Bethlehem. See, there's all those people on the roads, those dirt roads and those little goat paths. Why? Because it's a census. It's like the day before Thanksgiving, the busiest travel day in America. Right? Everybody's trying to get home. And this is what's happening there. And Joseph's got a pregnant wife Loaded her up on a donkey, and, and they're going. They, so they make their way past the Sea of Galilee, heading south. 90 miles, riding like that, ladies. Pregnant. They finally make it to Bethlehem, but because they had to go sublime slow, guess what they found when they got to Bethlehem and they went to the inn? No room! Of course not! Can I ask you a question? If you're Joseph and you show up at the inn and the innkeeper says, we have no room, wouldn't it have been easy to take a couple of steps back and go, are you kidding me? And he looks over at his wife and she goes, it's time. Haven't they been through enough? 
Come on, God, what's your deal? Come on, surely if we obey God and surely if we do all the right things, he's bound and determined to make it all work out. Sure thing there's going to be a room in the end. Really nice place. No, we ain't got no room, buddy. Good luck. So often we think just because we serve the Lord, it's going to be easy. No, usually it gets harder. And usually for an onlooking world, they go, what in the world is going on with them? And then they begin to see in the darkness that's around us, light. The Lord Jesus shining through us. Joseph and Mary, bless their hearts. <laughs> no room in the end. That's like pouring salt in the wound. Church, this life isn't easy, and you know it. Because you sit here, you may be watching online today. If you're watching online, Mount Pleasant, anywhere, we have somebody on the computer. We're here for you. Listen, it's not easy in this life. This life's hard. It's not a bed of roses just because we're believers. Joseph and Mary. No room in the end, so what are they going to do? They, they, the guy goes, look, hey, look, let me, let me tell you this. All right. There's no room in the end. You know what, you know, you know what was available? People call it a barn. They call it a state. It's not, it's not even that. It's basically where they park the donkeys, okay? And if you're a sheep herder or something, it's where you had the sheep. Okay, usually it was a carved out place. If you go to Bethlehem today, it's, it's basically a cave. That's what it was. It's just a carved out place that you can kind of get in out of the way. Sometimes they build a little wooden lean-to there. It's the parking lot, people. It's the parking lot to the motor inn. Okay? Jesus was born in a parking lot. Imagine that. Why? Because God had a bigger plan. So you got to come back next week. You know what next week's about? Shepherds! Shepherds are coming! They needed a place where shepherds could come to them. God's got a bigger plan. Somebody need to hear that today. I know it looks rough right now. You're standing outside the inn and it's flashing. No vacancy. No vacancy. Hang on. God's got a bigger plan. Shepherds are coming. They had to have a place to welcome the shepherds. Church, God knows what you need. He knows what you need. The question is, will we trust him when there's no room in the end? We've all been there. Maybe you're there today. You look up to heaven and you go, I can't do this anymore. I cannot do this anymore. I'm at the end of my rope. Everywhere I turn, it's like a disaster. I cannot do this anymore. I give up. And God goes, finally, finally, trust me.
when we give up and we come to the end of ourselves, we are on the cusp of experiencing God. But as long as you hold on to your resources, your intellect, or your way of working it out, God will let you dangle right there until you come to the place and you say, I give up. I'm not enough. And that's when God says, yes, but I am. Are you trusting him today? Take a deep breath. And look to heaven and say, Lord, I surrender. Joseph did. Think of Joseph standing there in that stable cave. He had to look around at that setting and shake his head. This is where the Savior of the world is going to be born. This is, there's donkeys here and there's sheep here and dung and it stinks. Do you think eventually he fell to his knees? Oh, I know he did because he had to help deliver Jesus. And once he held the Savior in his arms, you know he had to think, what a strange way to save the world.
Joseph. I'm such a simple man of trade. I'm not enough. See, Joseph, you know, much of Joseph's life, the parts that we know, and again, that's not a lot, those parts could have been viewed as unfair, but he never complains. And I thought about, Lord, how do we end this today? And I was drawn to what Joseph did for Mary. Even before the angel appeared, he showed compassion. Guys, husbands, he showed compassion. He wasn't even married to her yet. And he said, I'm, I'm going to divorce her quietly. I, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to let her live her life. I, I don't want her to die. And I thought about that. I thought about my own wife. 29 years coming up December 22nd. That is hard to believe. I'm so thankful for my wife. Joseph showed such compassion, such kindness, such gentleness. Scriptures teach that, 1 Peter 3. Joseph would show that same kindness and compassion in raising Jesus. Think of that. Joseph is raising the creator of the world, teaching him how to be a carpenter. Astounding. Joseph thought he wasn't enough, and he wasn't. Nor are we. But when we say yes to God, when we surrender to Him, we're more than enough. Because with God we can do anything. So look at your circumstances today. Maybe you look, it's like being at the end and you, and you go, no room. You gotta be kidding me! No, 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 no. If the Lord is allowing it, then He says, will you step out and will you show the world like a neon shining billboard that's my child even when it's not perfect I'll take the detour I'll do what he asked me to do even if it's not my plan even if it's not what I felt I signed up for I'll do it because I know with you I'm enough would you bow with me father in heaven I pray as you look down upon us, Lord, that you'll help us to see that if we are your children, that we are called to say yes to you, even to the hard things, whether that's living uh, as a young couple who are not together, as the Scripture teaches, until they're married, or whether it's a husband being gracious to his wife when he's tired and he's stressed, and not taking it out on the kids and the family. Lord, help us to be like Joseph, just a common guy who did the right thing, who trusted you, who did, who did, who did what you commanded. Lord, I pray for those here today that maybe there's someone sitting here or somebody watching, and they have never surrendered their life to Jesus. They, they're still in their sin. <laughs> 
Lord, help them to realize that you sent Jesus to pay for that sin so that they could know eternal life and know life now, even when the sign says no vacancy at the end, that we'll be okay with the parking lot. We'll be okay with a plan that's bigger than us. Thank you for joining us for today's message. Find us at www.mpbc.church and on Facebook at facebook.com mpbcnc. Have a great day, and we hope you'll join us again next week.